Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Couple of Joes podcast. Today, we're here again for two weeks in a row after an 18-month hiatus, so I think at this point it's a good sign that we'll we'll be back fairly consistently at this point. Uh, last week, resolved a little bit of the technical issues, knocked off the old rust, so happy to be back in the saddle again. I think Grant and I are, are both excited to be back and doing this. Um, this week, Grant is unavailable, uh, just with some prior um, arrangements that he had set up for for this week. So instead, it's going to be uh, me and then a very special guest. I have with us here today uh, my girlfriend, Shivani. Uh, Shivani is currently uh, in California uh, visiting family and, and myself uh, from, from India, um, I thought it'd be really interesting to to get her on the podcast here because, uh, you know, she's not a typical story, I guess, from many of the people that I know and, and have been around and especially through college and, and growing up and everything and, in a, in a, you know, in Ohio and whatnot. So I, I think it'd be interesting to get kind of her story. She's been traveling quite a bit and, and has had, you know, interesting experiences with going to school overseas and, and, and has a again a unique perspective so i think we'll, we'll talk with her today here and and uh kind of get her you know thoughts on the world and, and pick her brain a little bit so shivani how are you doing i'm doing good justin thank you for having me i'm super excited yeah yeah i'm glad so uh you know currently you're visiting the u.s it's been what how long uh four months yeah. Four months. Mm-hmm. And you're here for how long? I'm here for about a month more and then I will probably go back to India before I can make my way back here. Mm-hmm. So what's, why is that? Is it you have to go back because you want to or because you're required to or how does that work? I guess a lot of our audience probably isn't super familiar with immigration law. So it'd be interesting. So how how does that really work out? Yeah, you can only stay on your visa in the U.S. six months at a time as a tourist. So that's kind of my predicament mm-hmm. at the moment. <laughs> yep, being from a country like India means a lot of visa problems. So I'm kind of used to it by now. Mm. So visa problems, I guess, when... Cause you, you've gone to school... Mm-hmm. in Spain and you've traveled a lot of Europe is that something that has been more of a tough experience for the visiting process with the United States than it has with your other uh, countries that you visited um no I mean um it's just a little bit of a pain because you have to do a lot of documentation and you know plan far in advance and you can't be as spontaneous as maybe other people in other parts of the world who don't have to do the whole visa process. But once you get everything done and dusted, then it's pretty standard. It's all the same, I would say. Uh, everything's not my home country, so every place has a new um, experience to offer. And yeah, but in terms of visa things, it's it's fine once you're done with actually getting it. Okay, yeah, so... Um... Where did you, so you you went to school at Europe in Europe? Where in Europe did you study? Mm-hmm. So I did a semester abroad in Germany when I was in my undergraduate degree, and then I also did my masters in Barcelona in Spain. Um, this was in two thousand nineteen to two thousand twenty. It's been a while now, I guess, but it feels like yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean, studying in Europe is probably the most fun thing you can do because it's Mm -hmm. just so much so much fun and it's so easy to travel you can just literally point on the map and be like oh today I want to go to this country and like just book your ticket there and like next thing you know like five hours 15 hours you're in an absolutely new country with a new culture and it's amazing Mm. so did you with being in Spain and, and Germany and all these different countries do you speak English there? Do you learn the native language? How do you navigate that whole approach? Since, you know, you are 
bilingual. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have, I guess, more of the ability to tap into learning na- new languages compared mm-hmm. to Americans because we're mostly monolingual. And so I, I'm curious to see how you navigated that situation. Mm-hmm. I actually always, you know, somehow I thought, okay, yeah, I would be able to pick up new languages. But no, I've been pretty bad at that, honestly. But I did learn like the basics of German while I was studying in Germany and uh, the same for Spain. And that just helped me, um, you know, do the day to day things. Most people do speak English, actually, to my surprise. Uh, sometimes I use Google Translate. Otherwise, I just would speak in broken German or Spanish and just, you know, get by somehow. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, you know, going to school in, in Spain, what was your favorite part of your day-to-day experiences there? Hmm. Favorite part of my day-to-day experience? My In Spain, it was so much more, like, so much more different than Germany because in Spain, I did my master's, which was just so intensive. It was, a, like, a very hectic course. Um, day-to-day, I guess, used to just be, you know, walking around the area. I used to live um for 12 months i lived right next to the sagrada familia which is that famous big church that mm-hmm. everybody knows about constantly under construction yeah which will probably always be under construction apparently mm. so i used to live right by there so i think my favorite part of my day usually used to just be like initially when i like my first 12 months there I was like walking up to the metro station, which used to be like right underneath the church. And uh, so that's where I used to have to go to school from every day, like back and forth. So like it it used to just in the mornings used to be a certain vibe, uh, very fresh air and like, you know, getting a glance of this really amazing piece of architecture and then heading up to school and then on the way back, it used to be around like sunset time, which was like really pretty again. And that there was a park nearby on the way back to my house. I think day to day wise, that was like the simple joys of being in such an amazing city. Uh, and then afterwards, I after a year of the, uh, living over there, my lease was up and I wanted to always like one of my dreams was to live uh, next to the water so I like I found this place right by the ocean and I rented a room there for three months and the day-to-day there was so much better for someone like me who's like in love with the water so like I used to actually have the view of the ocean from my room and I used to wake up to the sunrise it was like a very cinematic experience every day go uh, to bed looking at the moon and reflecting on the water it used to be like really really mm. pretty <laughs> used to even do like jogs at sunrise by the beach and it was, because it was right there it was so convenient and like it was honestly magical and because of covid that beach which is actually supposed to be like the most crowded beach in spain was empty so it was kind of like a private experience like nothing I could have asked for. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I see. And your living situation before you moved to this this apartment, right? You had multiple roommates. Oh, at in Spain, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Spain. Um, back when I was staying near the Sagrada Familia, I was staying with people from my masters. So we had this very interesting multicultural household, <laughs> modern family, as we called ourselves. So it was like uh, a four bedroom and it was me from India, um, uh, another girl from France and two boys, one from um, Germany and one from Italy. So we had like the most hilarious conversations, like, you know, us, everybody like sharing different things about our cultures with each other. We would cook food from different places as well and do that together. At one point, we even did, like, a Disney marathon where, like, I was singing the songs in English mm. and my, like, one the French girl was singing it in French and the Italian guy was singing it in Italian. So all three of us were singing the and same. And the German was what? 
The German was not singing. He was not singing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I don't know if he was there or not, but it was like, yeah, he was not gonna sing. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. So what was it, what was that like? I mean, that's I've only lived with um, well people from India and then mm. people from the United States. So is it is a lot of what, what, what I guess what was your favorite aspect of living with each of these different individuals, right? Because mm. different different cultural backgrounds are tend to be, you know, you know, there are different cultures, right? Mm-hmm. And the way they they you know portray themselves maybe through so through uh, conversation or through mm. expression of food and an expression mm-hmm. in kind of the the way they behave and everything. So uh, you have like a breakdown, you have <laughs> like uh, kind of the most interesting engagements that you've had with each of these individuals? Mm. Yeah, honestly, I can go on and on about that because when I was in Germany, I stayed with a lot of people from Asia, so different countries in Asia and uh, Germans. And then also when I was uh, near Barceloneta, I uh, had Portuguese roommates. So I have like so many different types of uh, roommates to talk about. Uh, but I'll begin by talking about uh, the roommates from my master's. So, um, well, I mean, it, it was quite interesting because my three roommates, like, uh, I don't know if they're going to like me saying this or not, but I think they were very, like, um, stereotypical of their countries. <laughs> the stereotypical representation of maybe... And, like, they were very proud of it as well. They always very proud of their countries and where they come from uh so yeah like uh you would find the uh, italian guy and the french girl smoking in the balcony whereas the german guy and the indian girl not smoking <laughs> and um yeah like my italian flatmate used to always every day ask me shivani do you want a birra <laughs> <laughs> so like very typical and he used to he was a darling honestly he used to for one month during the pandemic the first month uh he cooked for us every day and like he made those dull days so much brighter because like every day we used to sit together and have these amazing italian dinners so yeah like it was um uh it was super amazing actually to have a um traditional italian cooking for us and like on my birthday he did this whole spread of different things because it was also easter so he made this very nice um traditional italian spread uh yeah and then um my german flatmate he was very also very german <laughs> and like if if anyone uh, in any one of us was telling a story that was too long, like maybe this one, <laughs> he would just be like, oh, cut it short, you know, like be more concise. <laughs> yeah. And then what was very interesting and also about like him, another stereotypical thing was that, you know, like he was so simple. Um, like if he ever cooked for himself, it would not probably be more than two ingredients and he used to just keep eat the same thing over and over again not get sick of it (laughs) so yeah it was very interesting (laughs) and then also like when I lived with um my Asian roommates you know like they used to cook every day and like at the same time much earlier on than I did and you know like such healthy food uh full of like vegetables and soup and uh yeah i mean they put so much love and uh care into their food every day and then they used to make all these spreads and sometimes they used to invite me as well and i would you know get the privilege to try food from china korea uh taiwan and yeah it was really fun your 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 french roommate anything that stuck out about her with uh um she i mean not really no i mean um her and i were very close so nothing really stuck out i don't mm, think yeah okay. or at least i can't think of anything right now gotcha okay yeah mm-hmm. i even had a mexican roommate um when i was in germany and uh i won but it was uh this person's birthday and it was like like because we were all these international students chilling together at our house uh, it was this one person's birthday and um 
everybody sang happy birthday to him in their own language uh, mm. which was so sweet honestly like that was an experience for sure does it all have the same beat it's all the same like oh, yeah. same tune same tune absolutely yeah. yeah and you know like as an indian then i was like there was me and another boy from india and we just felt so embarrassed cuz there's no official happy birthday song in hindi there are like these songs but they're not actually they're actually like, i think maybe something that was in a bollywood movie or something at some point nobody sings those really everybody i know has always sang happy birthday in english yeah so i just felt so embarrassed at that point <laughs> oh jeez and then you know i guess you did have that unique you know, these multiple unique living situations while you're in europe but uh you know going back to india what was it like hmm. growing up and living in new delhi hmm yeah actually i mean growing up in new delhi was um, for me at least uh really really nice i had a really nice childhood because um you know we have this thing called colonies as we call them <laughs> um so they're like just these gated communities i guess uh where you know and that's the type of place where the there are a lot of families right so there were so many people my age growing up uh and i also had uh, i have an older sister so there were people her age as well so all of us used to like you know we grew up together we used to play games together we used to create games and play them together we were very creative and um every day 5 pm sharp everybody would be there finish their homework and we would play until we could until we get screamed at like come on home come home and eat dinner <laughs> from like all the parents so yeah like childhood was pretty simple there you know like um uh, everybody just like i'm from south delhi and like usually in uh delhi is a huge city but my life was just you know in this like what 5 kilometer radius from my house where mm-hmm. i had everything and ev- like basically everyone uh, <laughs> uh, i knew was in that radius and very rarely would we go out of it so that was really simple and even though it was a very big city it was a very simple life we lived but after i graduated um and i came back to delhi that's when i really experienced delhi as an adult and i was not happy with it mm-hmm. i was just like oh my god <laughs> this place is so like crazy cuz traffic is crazy and people outside of maybe that little bubble of mine were not as nice and um yeah i mean it's also pretty sad you know to see like a lot of poverty in india like that maybe i was kind of shielded from initially or i didn't really notice it as much um so yeah it's it's not like delhi's home but it is like not perfect it's a pretty it's like very bittersweet for me there are people who absolutely love it but i am i do have this like love hate relationship with my hometown unfortunately mm-hmm. i i understand that feeling completely so <laughs> uh it's something we can we relate to yeah uh, for real so uh but i guess with with all of the different places that you've been because you had well i guess before we we dive into this question i mean you also spent a few years at the beginning of your life living in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Uh is yeah. there anything that you remember for that? I know mm-hmm. if you don't remember any of that is there are there any stories uh that were shared with you of yourself at that time that you mm. want to share? Yeah, I I think I do have some faint memories of being in the US and a lot of it actually could be just from like videos and pictures that I'd seen and somehow formed memories of them later. Mm. But yeah, I was here like um you know after I was born to the age of 4 and um I do know that I really loved it here because when we went back to India I was always just like hey when are we going back parents <laughs> <laughs> So yeah I had a very typical maybe American uh, school life here with um you know um Uh, membership at YMCA, oh. celebrating birthdays there. I don't know um, how typical that is actually, but um, I was obsessed with Barney. I had a Barney 
ஆன் this like instead of a sandpit indoors we had like a rice table so we used to play with that in our preschool uh, i remember my my mom packing me like a little snack of cheetos and like <laughs> stuff like that in a ziploc bag that was my snack and um yeah so I, it was very interesting and uh you know and then i wasn't very used to having that very busy life that is often there in india and i remember when i went back to india for a wedding i was so overwhelmed as a baby oh. like i was just so overwhelmed and like uh yeah i remember everybody told me that as well like you were just like not used to that at all and it was so obvious oh wow <laughs> i still don't like crowds i feel like it could be because of all of that <laughs> yeah well you were telling me at one point that when you moved back to india mm-hmm. you had to have chicken nuggets yeah right <laughs> but that was not actually just because of me growing up here it was just that you know what kid doesn't like chicken nuggets right so we used to have like in india there's a staple food like what's a staple food here like that you eat every day for lunch maybe uh it's all over the place but what was it for you for me it varied because we had school lunches right oh, that's like cool. maybe like a tenderloin sandwich or yeah. a sandwich yeah yeah sandwich. sandwich sounds about right so something as staple as a sandwich right for indians a lot of times that is dal chawal which literally is like pulses with rice so what pulses yeah what are pulses like lentils pulses. oh okay okay gotcha yeah so uh yellow dal is what it's called it's a very very typical indian thing and like pe- most people have that every day um for their meals so i used to be forced to eat that every day i used to find it very boring honestly and for like basically we were these spoiled kids who just you know wanted to eat more like snack kind of things with like chicken nuggets and other things like that so we used to like um negotiate with our parents like okay yeah we will have dal chawal if we get four chicken nuggets mm. so then but honestly that used to end up balancing the meal because there was not enough protein otherwise in that meal <laughs> yeah i mean dal has some protein but chicken adds to it. No, that chicken definitely has protein, yeah. I don't know how yeah. much how much is coming from the nugget versus how much coming from the chicken. But, <laughs> uh I mean, based on based on that, I'm assuming that out of all the places that you've ever been, that Indian food is your favorite cuisine, am I right? Oh no, no, no. <laughs> oh god. All the Indians and any Indian listening to this will just hate me after this podcast because I, I don't know if it's uh, I hope that I'm not the only one th- thinking this but like if you eat something all the time aren't you going to get sick of it like mm-hmm. that's always been the case for me and it doesn't matter if it's indian or not indian like if I eat something too much I will get sick of it so it's very hard for me to say indian is my favorite cuisine because I was just I feel like I've had it way too much in my life already um also it's just maybe not like the lightest food and uh recently having switched over to a healthier diet i feel like i need to eat like light food versus indian food can be pretty heavy on the stomach mm-hmm. not always but the typical things for sure so yeah indian is not my favorite cuisine and you know the less i eat it the more i appreciate it actually mm. you know so i like mixing it up yeah for sure so i you know since indian isn't your favorite cuisine Would you say that out of the foods that you've experienced there is a favorite cuisine of yours? No, for me it's like so hard to choose a favorite when it comes to food because I'm such a foodie. But um 
definitely i think asian food um like uh, apart from e- india i absolutely love my family and i when we went to vietnam we just you know like we were in food heaven <laughs> we were all like a bunch of foodies um and in general like thai food vietnamese food chinese food absolutely love those flavors mm. um yeah so th- that would be like it's not one country but like certainly a, a popular favorite for me and my family mm. gotcha mm-hmm. okay okay yeah i think i i we had it been you know we'd been seeing each other for like two months or something like that we still hadn't had indian food together <laughs> And I was like, when when are we going to eat Indian food? Because it's like, I, I love Indian food. There's pre- a couple, you know, there's a few good spots in Cincinnati that has really, really good chicken tikka masala, right? And I had that one time and I was like, what is this? Where has this been my entire life, right? And so now I love getting it wherever I'm at, right? And and I was like, well, I really want it. Maybe is what I'm eating the real deal? Is it not the real deal, right? And so I was like, well, when are we, when are we going to have this? When are we going to have this? And we eventually had it and then... I learned that I guess chicken tikka masala is not even a real thing in India, and it's more so an invention of uh, maybe the West. The West, right? So, no, very, very interesting to learn that. But. Uh, for whoever is listening to this, everybody should know that there is chicken tikka, and then there's chicken masala. There's no such thing as chicken tikka masala. That's, I mean, there is a such thing, but that is a Western concept and not an Indian one. So you can show off that knowledge to people who <laughs> be like chicken tikka masala. That's just that's not Indian food. That's actually made up by the West. Yeah, well, sounds about right. <laughs> uh, as far as as far as well, I remember you you said something interesting to me about about food, and it's like uh, well, one one thing that you always say is that Indian restaurant food quality mm. is always much higher than, in your opinion um home cooked indian food and then number 2 is home cooked indian food it tends to be because of the heavy use of spice that uh generally like uh, you know a household might just get really good at cooking with a certain amount of spices and then those spices are used in, in almost every dish mm-hmm. so could you could you talk a little bit about that or elaborate or did i hit it right on the head yeah i mean kind of so Restaurant food for sure is like, you know, um, you know, if you go to a restaurant anywhere, really, they're going to overdo it on things like cheese, butter, cream, you know, because these things just like add a lot of flavor to it. And ultimately, that's what they want, right? They want people to love their food. So that's just how it goes in India as well. Like uh, if you go to a restaurant, the food is going to be so much uh, more like heavy and greasy um whereas if you make it at home you can easily control those amounts of um like greasy things that you're putting in so yeah like i don't know about other people's households but in my particular house it's like my grandma uh, is kind of like the one who has the reins over the spice cabinet and she has this blend of spices that she loves uh, so she likes to put that in every, any dish, really. And then they end up t- tasting almost the same. So that's kind of the story that I told you. Um, I don't, I, don't, I hope that's not true for other families, you know. They should have some variety with spices. Um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, my mom got really good at cooking about five things. And we had those same yeah. five things over and over again. And then Fridays were pizza mm. night. So it's kind of like the similar thing. It's like mm. you, for people who don't really enjoy and love cooking, it's it's okay. I, I can get my grasp on these. I can handle these with with mm. my other things I'm doing throughout the day, and it's not mm-hmm. too much of a pain. But if I try to always reinvent, and I'm, it's no, yeah. you don't see a you know it's kind of pointless for some people. So mm-hmm. I, I get it. It makes it makes sense to me. But my mom later, like she like got into cooking a lot more. Mm. Uh, I guess you know she started like had more time on her hands or something, so she started like buying all these cookbooks and trying new recipes. So that we really really enjoyed mm. at home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised no one try has tried or has invented something like this. So it's like 
tikka masala dipping sauce for chicken nuggets. I feel like that would be a really good combo. Um, maybe. And they don't have that. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen that, at least in the U.S. So, but that would be well, an interesting flavor. That's true. I mean, I've seen like chicken tikka masala even in, in Spain in these jars, like how they have like tomato sauce and stuff available. Mm. They have chicken tikka masala as well. Um, so I don't know if that's like cooked already, then you could probably use that as a dipping sauce. Yeah, that would be pretty good. I don't know. I, I imagine, yeah, I think that would be really good. If McDonald's had that, I'd, I'd be re-addicted to McDonald's. They do have this curry sauce though, right, at McDonald's, which I always found very... Only in India, right? Really? Yeah, not here. They don't have the yellow curry? No. Thing? I don't think they have that in India either, honestly, but I've seen it somewhere, like... I think it was in Spain. Yeah. In in Europe, they have this thing. They just have like, you know how you get spices at the grocery store? They have a spice. It's literally just called curry powder. And it's like a blend of different Indian spices. Hmm. And it's just called curry powder. <laughs> it's Which is hilarious to any Indian because it's like, what curry, dude? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but uh, it was really good. I used to... I used to buy that. I used to put it in like coconut milk and make this curry out of it. It was really good. Mm. So yeah, I think they also had the sauces as well. Okay. How many curries are there? A billion curries. (laughs) (laughs) But curry is literally like, you know, a mix of spices and basically, you know, it's a bit liquidy. So there would be a gravy as well. Like either that would be very, very liquidy or like a thick gravy. So curry is essentially just like, Something that's not dry in India, you know, like if you have like chicken tikka is, you know, something that usually is dry. You don't have like a like gravy and like a soup along with it. But, you know, other Indian gravies, they, you most of them are not like dry things. It's, so, yeah, that's what curry actually is. Gravy, like any kind of gravy. gravy. But it's spicy gravy because if you tell... An American, yeah, I got gravy on this, or like, like beef gravy, <laughs> pork gravy, oh, for sure. chicken spicy gravy. gravy, yeah, spicy gravy, yeah. But yeah, I'm, no, it's super interesting for any of our <laughs> foodies out there. I know we got a few, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean now now being in the U.S. and everything, um, how authentic is the food that we have here in the U.S. <laughs> Well, um, uh, I mean, this happens, right? Like, even in India, it's like, if you, if we have Chinese food in India, that's not authentic Chinese food. That's an Indianized version of Chinese food. A lot of the times we actually have a name for it. We call it Chindian food because it's not authentic. Yeah, it's not authentic Chinese food. But that's the Chinese food we know, right? So it's the same thing here. Mm. Uh, everything is definitely Americanized, but that's just how, you know, it works. Like, um, uh, and I'm sure, you know, if you go to the right place, you'll probably find more authentic stuff, but that's not as readily available here. Yeah. Yeah. You're holding back a little bit. Cause I, I feel like we've had a few exchanges with, with eating food or like tacos or something like it's like this is not justin this is not authentic <laughs> yeah because i thought that like, we're in california which is so close to mexico and like somehow because I, I blame instagram for this honestly like i see these amazing taco trucks and unfortunately like we went to one and the tacos were so bad like i was so depressed that day honestly because i was <laughs> like what like this is something that i've been you know, looking forward to it. And then I was like, really like my expectations were shattered. And <laughs> like, what else did I find not authentic though? Pizza. Pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to go like, I mean, like I've been to Italy multiple times. I had an Italian flatmate. I was in Spain for 15 months where, which is very close to Italy. And their pizza is very close to Italian standards. Again, not the same, but really comes close. And my Italian friend said said that, so I'm not just making that up myself. So yeah, like my standards for pizza, unfortunately, have been completely ruined by living in Europe because yeah. it's not going to be easy finding that kind of stuff anywhere else. Um, 
But good thing is that pizza tastes good regardless. Like, yeah. This mm-hmm. is something that it's not like... And the different versions are very interesting to me, honestly. I do want to go like across the country and try like deep dish and other kinds of pizzas out here. But you can't... It's, you can't say it's authentic, right? Because it's not the original. That's what I mean. Like. The original? Yeah. yeah, it's not the original. It's They're all like versions of yeah, food. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. You need to, you know, like adapt to the market. And if that's what the market wants, then... Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's you, you got to think about it. It's just an Americanized version of those foods, right? And mm-hmm. the I think the taco truck that we went to is just a bad taco truck. I don't think that represents yeah. anything near... What, what it's capable of, especially, For sure. I know we were in San Diego a few weekends ago, right? But they had that food festival down there by mm-hmm. um, the Bay, right? And by the Midway and everything. So uh, if you got something there, it'd be very authentic because we're 15 mm-hmm. miles north of the Mexican Mexico. border, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, there it's a little bit different. This one just happens to be in a, you know, a busy road near Los Angeles at yeah. like... 8 p.m. or whatever, right? But that was... No, I, I mean, I definitely, like, agree. There would be better tacos in yeah. California. We mm-hmm. just had a bad experience. Yeah. I know, I know. No, it was funny. It was you funny found time. it funny. I found it very funny, yeah. <laughs> but has there, has there been, you know, have you had a favorite food experience in the U.S. Mm. thus far? Oh, well... This was, I think, the last time I was here in 2020. Um, my uncle, who lives in L.A., is, like, a huge foodie. So every day, like, we would, you know, like, he would bring us different things from different places, like um, Argentinian food, and, like, he, we went to an Ethiopian restaurant, and, like, literally every day we were having three different countries' food. Mm-hmm. Which was just so amazing. That's what I absolutely love about California. It's so multicultural. So definitely, like, I think it was that... um, There was a bakery. I can't remember. I think it was maybe Brazilian or something like that. That really stood out to all of us. We really loved it. And with you, when we went to that Thai... We went to a couple of Thai restaurants. I was pretty impressed there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving. We Thanksgiving. had mm-hmm. we had a couple friends from originally from Ohio uh, that I went to college with. Uh, old roommate, couple old roommates actually. Uh, they were visiting down. One one friend has been on this this long trek, uh, visiting so many of the natural landmarks here in the United States, and we'll have him on the podcast here. In the next few weeks, I'm sure, because he's got he's got quite a story to tell, uh, just with with his whole onslaught of experiences, or onslaught or just slew of experiences, so many. Uh, and then another friend, you know, that was coming down from Sacramento. We did Thanksgiving together. This is like our second week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the the day before or something. We made it official or whatever. Yeah, or, yeah on Thursday on a Thursday. And then we were hanging out with them on on a Saturday, which which was Thanksgiving or a Friday, and we ended up having Thai food for <laughs> for Thanksgiving, which was so good. It was it was really like down to earth vibe and everything like that, and it was very reasonably priced. It was in North Hollywood. Mm. Uh, we had just gotten done with the Griffith Park Observatory, mm. right, and we we're trying to find an open place. All the like American mm-hmm. restaurants were closed, and but then we had. Uh, we stumbled across this this Thai restaurant and and yeah, it was a pretty good experience. I remember I I think I ate too much on an empty stomach, too much spicy curry or something, and, and regretted that for a while. But uh, <laughs> so you know, everyone knows how sensitive my stomach is on the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> but no, that that was fun. And then we did have that food experience uh, at the Eiffel Tower restaurant. Ooh. in vegas the other week and oh yeah oh my god i completely forgot that was so good that was the best yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it was also priced like that <laughs> <laughs> they definitely charged us like uh gourmet french food prices yeah no but it was so good mm-hmm. yeah what, what was it that you had you had the chicken right i had the chicken 
and uh, but then they also had like spätzle which is german uh german pasta as far mm-hmm. as i know it sounds german and i think i've had something like it when i was in germany so that was very interesting because it was a french restaurant but they had like german pasta with my chicken mm-hmm. um but then like yeah the food was absolutely incredible <laughs> yeah it was delicious i had i had lamb and i i was a little i mean it's french food right and if you've ever been to france and for anyone out there uh, but for those of you who who don't it, it or who haven't it uh it's not the portion sizes you expect as an american right mm. so you get it out and you know you pay at, at this particular restaurant it's like a four or five star restaurant or something so they're they're up there right it's it's beyond what you reasonably pay for for any really vacation uh but uh mm-hmm. it was like three three lamb chops right and i was <laughs> like oh my god and i was like but i'm just gonna savor every bit of mm. this this meal and i'm not big on that I, i'm get i tear through my meals pretty quick but this one you really kind of stick with it and then we had we had souffle and this is this is my mm. second time at the restaurant my second time getting souffle we got a chocolate souffle i think it was just a little bit too rich and mm. kind of took away from some of the souffle but like every other than that those those mashed potatoes were so interesting and the 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 cream spinach and everything mm. that was that was that so was good amazing. it was so good and it was funny we had we had my parents this is this is shivani met my parents for the first time like in person uh you know when we went to vegas and everything which is kind of just diving right into the deep end um, <laughs> as far as meeting parents go but uh, uh you know they're from the midwest area everything my uh they're they're more they, they like the simple pleasures in life they're not you know they don't need much to, uh and they don't you know really need to feel like they need to go too much out of their comfort zone with all that so they get up there we convinced my we got my mom kind of like taught her how to really enjoy this food and slow down a little bit my I think my my dad he he dug right into those fish that he ordered and he devoured that thing so quick and he he had his arms crossed a little bit I think <laughs> it was just was outside of what he's used to expecting he used to paying for a meal uh, it was funny it was like we had we ate like buffet style ribs almost oh. uh, the day before and they my dad enjoyed that much meal much more than he ever did uh the the expensive the restaurant and the the french food so uh i think he would enjoy the food i just don't think he enjoyed the enjoyed the price too much but it was <laughs> it was a fun experience for everybody and, and i think everyone really enjoyed it at the end of the day so mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah like they uh, i think for me like why the prices didn't pinch as much was because we had a direct view of the Bellagio fountain, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that was going on every 15 minutes. We were there for like two hours. So we enjoyed that show so many times and we had probably the best view of it in Vegas. And, you know, we didn't expect that going in. We just happened to get a really good table. Yeah. So that was like, that added so much to the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of made up for the prices a little bit. No, I agree. It was just a good time. It was a good vibe. Yeah. I think I, I know I was, I'd been there before and I, mm. I, it was such a comfortable place because I had so many good memories tied to it. The last time I was there was, um, in like 2017, the summer of 2017 for a, uh, a conference related to the fraternity that I was in in college. And, you know, that was a time that everyone was just kind of laughing. Everyone was up pretty good and for Vegas. We were a bunch of broke college students, but somehow everyone was real lucky that weekend I think everyone walked away winning money. I think I was up like 40 bucks or a couple people up like a couple hundred, a few hundred bucks. Um, so we were just kind of treating ourselves and everything. So it's kind of mm. the same thing. It was just a lovely evening and everyone was in, in high spirits and it was, the ambiance was just very, very nice. Uh, so that was, that was good to experience as a group. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, as far as that was your first time in Vegas, right? Yeah, I mean, unless my parents took me there as a baby. Well, we're not. Let's let's watch that one. <laughs> Justin doesn't let me count, but technically, I've been all around the country. I just don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 counts if you can remember things. I think that's how I look at it, because I was in LA technically before I moved out here, and I don't remember it, so I don't count really? it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I never counted California as like a checkbox on the mm. states I visited until I got out here fully. But uh, I guess those are my rules. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, what what did you think about it? Because Vegas is a very, very unique city in the world. 
uh, let alone, I mean, it is in the in the country as well, but in the world especially. So what were your kind of thoughts of, of the city? I know mm-hmm. uh, first maybe you're a little bit shy uh, to <laughs> it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because of COVID and in general, like I mentioned, I'm not a huge fan of crowds. So, and because of COVID, I haven't really been in a crowd. So, it, it like initially I was a little overwhelmed when I saw all these people, um, you know, and like everybody was so into the whole gambling thing. And initially I found that a little sad, honestly. It was just like a bit scary for me to see that some like, you know, like, people who are alone just gambling on their own like for me that was really like sad it is sad but um yeah very like after maybe one or two drinks I guess I loosened up a little bit and really embraced the place and I really enjoyed I guess I kind of knew what to expect because like they do portray Vegas like really crazy in movies so it kind of came close to that and I absolutely loved the fact that, you know, like, so we had Caesar's Palace, we had the Paris, we had the Bellagio, we had the Venetian. It just, like, it it, it was so many cultures in one uh, one place again. And, like, when we were walking through the Venetian, like, I, you know, got really nostalgic because um, my family and I, we did a trip to Macau when I was much younger. Um, but I remember that trip and we stayed at the Venetian and it just, you know, reminded me of that really nice vacation and also meeting Justin's parents. It just like, it felt like family again for me. And like, it it was just like very interesting how, you know, having a similar experience in a different part of the world, uh, with people who are different people, but like, it feels like family. So um yeah and then other than that uh you know the drinks and everything was very interesting to me like some places you'll get extremely expensive drinks and other places you get them for free and like yeah anyway that was interesting (laughs) yeah yeah for sure there were i know there were people that were taking wanted to take our picture Mm. at one point or they offered to take pictures for us or whatever, right? But no, yeah, they they specifically came up to us and offered us to take our pictures for free, and they gave us the keychain, um, you know, which I have and I love. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were these other people who came up to us and also offered to take our pictures. I guess being an interracial couple is pretty fascinating to some people. <laughs> our people like to support it in these ways, which is so nice. I think that was the case yeah. this was, for for this because this was a multi-racial group that that had offered to take a take a picture of us, right? Mm. So they were probably being very supportive of it, and they yeah. were they're like our age and everything. So. Yeah, they were super nice. Had it was really nice. Yeah, for sure. I guess all things said, you know we've we've traveled quite a bit, mm. um, you know, since you've been here and everything, and. National, I guess we've been to one national park, but we've been to a couple, a few different cities now and a couple different areas of, of the state, at least. Uh, I guess, well, we got Nevada as well, too. What has been your favorite travel experience for this this portion of your stay in the United States? Oh, that's so hard to choose, honestly. But I would say Vegas. Mm. That was so special because firstly, it was like an important trip because of meeting your parents and um, it was a longer trip as well. Um, And we did so many different things. We did like uh, the Ferris wheel. We did the whole pool thing one day, gambling and drinking and walking around the whole place, exploring so, yeah, it was like a very holistic one, I would say. Checked a lot of the travel trip uh, yeah, no. things to do. Yeah. You might be the first person who ever described a trip to Vegas as wholesome. So that's, <laughs> that's good. That's a unique outlook. It was a wholesome, nourishing time. <laughs> 
very calm, <laughs> very spiritual, a very spiritual experience in Vegas. Yeah. Grounded. <laughs> yeah, and I also like I have been on a pretty strict diet in Vegas. I kind of let go a little bit. <laughs> that was really fun too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there has there been any part of I guess what what did you think of Joshua Tree? Mm. It's because we, you know, Grant and I talked about it, or I talked about it rather, in last episode, and I know we we stopped that. And I national parks are really important to me, so I'm curious to get your mm. your perspective on that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think this was our first trip together. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it was super cool. Honestly, it's like um, you know, haven't seen anything like um the joshua trees i think before and what was the choya garden the choya yeah. yeah i found that so fascinating and um like we had a lot of fun exploring climbing different rocks and boulders what are they called <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean it was nice it was really nice being uh getting out and traveling again because I hadn't been doing that for a bit. So that was probably like the first time in a while since I got to do that. Mm, Yeah. I remember you being, you know, should we need to wear masks out there? (laughs) And like, what is the COVID situation going to be like? It's like, it's, it's wide open space. And it was kind (laughs) of, it was funny to see we've had this progression, right. Of like kind of comfort and seeing you, I had already been at this point because I was desensitized to it a little bit. I'm always, always wearing masks at work and everything, but I traveled across the country and moved across the country during COVID. Right. So I, I, I think I desensitized myself to it pretty quick, but for you, it was like fresh and everything. And <laughs> you kind of, the, the ebbs and flows with what we, we, we were at, what we would do and how much in pub, public things we were doing, yeah. right. Based on kind of those ways with, with COVID. I just remember that as kind of being a funny Funny thing, it's like, I've been out there a few times, right? And your question was, oh, do we need to wear a mask while we're out there in the park? It's like, no, not at all, not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I mean, for me, it was like, basically because I was living with my family that I had to really, you know, worry about their safety as well and how paranoid, like, older people can be about COVID. So that was kind of my reason for it. But, like... um yeah, I think we made it work really well. Like we were just, you know, there's so much to do out here in California that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to do anything in like a crowded space. If there were too many cases, we would just, you know, go do something outdoor and explore places where there's hardly anyone going to be there. Uh, and then like right now when there were like really low cases, we were able to go to Vegas and enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as national parks go, because again, out of my own curiosity, and mm. uh, I think you know some some of the past conversations have definitely been centered around nature and everything. What are national parks like, or are there national parks mm. in India? Yeah, yeah, there there are national parks in India. Um, I think in my experience, um, they're they're not as like easily accessible um by foot i think but i think it uh depends from like national park to national park um maybe i haven't been to many honestly uh but the ones i have been to are the ones where you know they have these safaris where you know you have to stay inside the car at all times because they're like wild animals around yeah yeah you want to be careful about that so i think that's what i uh, have experienced in national park wise in india Okay, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. And, you know, I'm going to be going over there in November, and I'm excited to see elephants or mm-hmm. tigers because these are basically myth- mythical creatures in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you see them maybe in a zoo. Not a tiger. I don't think I've ever seen a tiger mm-hmm. in the zoo, but I've seen elephants in the zoo. But still, it feels that these animals are from another planet, essentially. So I'm really Looking forward to hopefully being able to see one somewhat in the wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be really interesting. Yeah, actually. So 
you know, just before coming to the US, I was visiting my sister in this place called Bangalore, which is a really, really cool city in India. And uh, so we took a weekend trip with her and her fiance. Uh, and we had to actually pass through a national park area uh, where we're not allowed to stop. So we had to keep driving. So there was like a main road in the middle of this sort of jungle. So it wasn't really a jungle, but I guess it is like a wild uh, animal area. And uh, so we were passing through and very casually, like we saw elephants walking by. Wow. And uh, it was so cool for us as well, honestly. Like it was very interesting. Mm. Is Mowgli a (laughs) Indian name? Yeah, I think it is based on an Indian. Oh, you know what it's I was not asking? Re- what? The Jungle Book? Yeah. Is the Jungle Book based in India? I don't think it is, actually. Mm. Ugh, shit, I don't know. I was always curious I was curious about that. This When you're talking about that, it reminded me of the Jungle Book for whatever reason, because we're mm. talking about elephants and tigers and... I don't know, I think there's tons of, tons mm. of animals that actually are in that, that story. Yeah, I don't know. I should probably know that. It's it should be, I guess. Here, keep talking. I'll uh Google I'll it. Google it here. <laughs> no, I've heard so many people have told me this that oh yeah, I want to come to India and see an elephant, <laughs> or like I want to come to India and see the Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal. So, so Mowgli is an Indian. Is meant yeah. to be portraying an Indian boy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, there's, is that a bear or a gorilla? Bear? It's a bear. Hmm. Bear and Yeah. Well, I don't know why. I think Mowgli, is it just me or, like, it wasn't very popular in India itself? It was, like, there for sure. We all knew it. We all saw it. But it wasn't just, it wasn't as popular, at least. In it was an space. older, it's an older hmm. movie, so maybe it. Kind of died out, or maybe yeah. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> By the time it reached Gen Z, Bart, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I guess as a, a staple to every episode that we've had thus far, and we we can't let this go. I tend to kind of stick out of this. And again, I don't know if I mentioned this on the pad- podcast last week, but uh, my ability to handle caffeine has been slowly increasing as it's basically necessary to get all the work done that I need to for my job. So, mm-hmm. uh, Grant will not be here. So Shivani will be taking his place for the coffee review. So I guess Shivani, do you have a, a coffee for us to take a look at today? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to talk about one coffee and then I actually want to hear Justin's opinion on the coffee that I got for from India for him so I'm gonna talk about this American coffee that I picked up at grocery outlet out here which is like my favorite store here (laughs) um so you know how you know you smell a coffee and it smells absolutely amazing but then when you taste it it just is not the same it doesn't match up to how good it smelled this coffee uh, like I have no affiliation to them whatsoever, but I'm their huge, like biggest fan right now. I keep like recommending it to everyone. Uh, it's the Hollis Coffee, um, and it's a hundred percent Arabica, Hawaiian chocolate, macadamia nut flavor, and it comes in a ground format and it's medium roast. So this coffee is just amazing, and by the sound of it, I mean. Hawaiian chocolate macadamia nut. Like, when I saw that, I was like, I have to smell this. And I sat there in the grocery store smelling it through my mask for a long time. And, like, (laughs) people even made fun of me over there. There was this one guy who pointed out to me. (laughs) But it smells so good. Like, every morning afterwards when I bought it, it used to just really put a smile on my face because it smells so good and tastes so good. So... Um, it definitely has a very strong chocolatey uh, flavor and those notes are very obvious and then it does have that um, nutty um, fatty like how to describe it fatty taste is what I'm trying to say here but just kind of 
makes it like creamier in some way it feels when you're having it i put a little bit of almond milk which just accentuates it so much more mm-hmm. it does. um and yeah another one way for me to have coffee is like iced coffee i really enjoy that especially if the coffee is like really good and this one is so you know i would just brew two cups of coffee every morning one i used to have in the morning uh hot and then i used to just let it cool and uh ice it and have it in like afternoon in the afternoon when i needed like a pick me up and they taste so different hot and cold but you can really like the chocolate shines through and like chocolate and coffee is just such an amazing combination mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people would love it mm-hmm. yeah it manages the taste like a dessert coffee almost mm. without needing the sugar yeah unnecessary sugar that say starbucks does or um any of these other you know highly addictive coffee drinks mm-hmm. and it still has again that 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 a good type of dessert flavor so if anyone has a sweet tooth but doesn't actually like sugar <laughs> like sugar or is restricted from having that sugar it's a it's a good coffee to mm-hmm. to have with like shivani had mentioned a uh, little bit of almond milk mm-hmm. a splash mm. now you tell uh, everybody about the indian coffee yeah so i mean you brought that to me from was it bangalore did you get it from korg korg mm-hmm. mm. so Yeah, it's uh I think that was a arabica bean as well. I don't have the coffee right in front of me. Shivani had the luxury of reading right off of it and uh so I I don't I don't have that, but uh no, it was good. I I really appreciated it. Um I think you had gotten that cuz I mentioned that mm-hmm. I did the coffee-based podcast and everything, right? Yeah. Um and uh, you know, I I rate coffee a little bit differently than Grant does. It was it was very good. but on top of it being very good i i'm not i guess i don't have as much of a refined palate as as you or grant being mm-hmm. you know co- long-term coffee drinkers but uh it did give me anxiety once i think i made a bit too much coffee and it gave me the jitters uh and but i don't think it gave me the shitters at all so <laughs> uh as far as coffee goes with with kind of balancing that out i i think i'd give that one like a 7.2 maybe a mm-hmm. 6.7 uh mm-hmm. you know depending But uh yeah it was it was pretty good. Do you have a rating for the the Hollis Street coffee that you uh reviewed? For me it's like a 9.5 on 10 honestly. I haven't found such a good coffee in just like the grocery store, you know. The one I got for Justin was actually from a plantation. So uh in Coorg in India which is close to Bangalore, that's actually where we were road tripping to. Uh that is basically really famous for their coffee and we were even living inside this coffee plantation for the weekend and uh yeah so they like really get some fresh coffee which they ground up straight from the uh that you know it's harvested from the trees and then you know dried up and it like it's not probably on the shelves as long as a uh, grocery store uh coffee is so that was also like very fresh and really nice and uh maybe until i found this hollis one that was probably my favorite one yeah yeah from what we've um, had here for sure mhm yeah so um i really enjoyed that rating wise for the indian one i guess i would give it like an 8 yeah for if i don't know justin is maybe slightly more critical than i am <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I I just base it off of how bad it hurts my stomach and that one. <laughs> that one had a couple instances or the one major mm. one that I can recall that it uh gave me negative effects, but mm. the, the flavor was very good and it, like you said it was very fresh. Mm. Um so that was very very nice for it and I think when you had brought me that coffee along with that you had brought me Japanese well, oh. oh soap and then the Japanese chocolate so yeah yeah but when Shivani was in the Tokyo airport I was trying my best to embarrass her in front of <laughs> in front of the random uh innocent bystanders Japanese bystanders oh, there uh by you know asking people I guess I don't remember what I was asking like hey what's a good ramen flavor or something <laughs> like that uh but unfortunately 
Rahman wasn't able to be brought over the international border. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So like they had these really nice looking ramen flavors there, but then they have meat in them. So apparently, you're just not allowed to carry any kind of meat products, even if it's ramen, um, to the U.S. from Japan. Yeah, so Justin yeah. was very disappointed. So instead, I got him chocolates. And they were good. They were. They were really good. They yeah. were interesting too. Mm-hmm. It's not. I, America, U.S. We put milk in it and we put sugar in it, and then it becomes <laughs> this other thing. And then every other country, at least in Europe, turns their nose up at us and says, oh, "There's no chocolate." But uh, mm-hmm. it, uh, it it wasn't. It was more of like a bit. It was like a cocoa powder mm-hmm. on the outside, and then more of a type of fudge almost mm-hmm. in the in the middle. And it was interesting texture as well because there was the powder on it and then there was the like stretchy almost uh gooey gooey almost yeah, marshmallow like to a point but mm. not not as not as aerated as that but mm-hmm. uh but yeah i mean no uh, we, we've done the coffee review we're getting close to our time here shivani do you have any closing words before i take us out mm. I don't know. I just want to say thank you for reminding me of all the nice, nice times, uh, even before we met and obviously after we met. It's been great. <laughs> and it was really nice to like relive all of that and share that with more people. Um, that's it for me. Okay. No, I feel, <laughs> I feel likewise. It was nice to reminisce, especially yeah. you're getting close on your time with heading back for, mm. for a short period of time before you make a return. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, but uh, thank you everyone for listening. I hope everyone's gotten to know uh, Shivani a bit better through this process. And and uh, I feel like we'll hear from her some point in the future. I know your friend Devashree is very, very good with reading the uh, astrology charts and everything. So mm-hmm. she may have a lesson for the couple of Joe's audience to expand our horizons just beyond what we know currently and and as well i mark has been on the podcast in the past and he's he's a friend that's had the interesting journey so we hope to get him here and and also you know stick with just grant and i in the format since it's been been a long time coming so i've got all kinds of ideas bouncing around in my head we'll see how many of those get put into fruition but again thank you everybody so much for for listening and and have a good week this week ciao